I gotta be completely sober. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, I can't, and it took me a while to realize that because then the journey after that was like realizing all this stuff and being able to talk to my like family about this and like, you know, it, it affected everybody. And like, I thought it only affected me. Hello, Dead Talkers. That's probably the first time, the last time I will ever introduce the episode like this. Uh, right now, right next to me, across from me, to the side of me, I have my buddy Earl, who uh, is from Jersey, just like me, and been trying for some time to get him on here. And finally, he's here. He's back in California after being in New York. And he's got a pretty damn cool story to share that I know is going to um, hit a lot of people, whether you can even relate or not. We already chatted a little bit about it, and I'm excited to hear more. So without further ado, um, here's Earl White. Earl, how are you, brother? Hey, Dave. I love the shirt. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know if we should tell people the shirt you were going to wear, but um, maybe at the end when we're a little looser. Yeah, yeah, we could. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> TBD, that'll be in the YouTube version. Um, as I mentioned, dude, let's just, uh, I don't know. Let's start from the top, wherever the hell the top is, and we'll just go from there. Yeah, so, I mean, like you said, we were, we were talking about this, and I it, I was telling a friend before I came over here about the idea behind this, and he was one of my good friends, like very close friends, definitely one of my best friends that I've made in L.A., and it's just been kind of a, a topic that isn't really talked about much, and like he's got an absentee father and he was like, listen, like, I don't talk about my dad. I get it. Um, and it just made me think a little bit because like, I consider myself good friends with you. And like, I, I'm not really on that level with basically anybody just you know? opening up in general. Yeah, no, opening up for sure. But like, there's just taboo subjects where it's like losing my dad was definitely something that had an impact on me. And now I can see it as Obviously, like it wasn't a good thing that happened to me, but I've out of that have reached a lot of positivity and it took me a long time to work through that. And like I only in professional like therapy sessions have I had the ability to like really dive in and I haven't utilized that as much as like I'd like to, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, anyway... I can just go into it. Or yeah, please. I mean, you're talking about <clears throat> tell us, yes, tell us Yeah, so um, let's see. You mentioned I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, that's the first. We got to reiterate that because oh, Jersey, Jersey strong, baby. Yeah, it's cool <laughs> being from there. I, I wouldn't go back. Well, when did, you said you've been here nine years in LA? Uh, yeah, oh, pushing nine, almost nine, almost nine. Yeah, so you told me th three months after your dad passed. Um, yes. You came out to LA. So, I mean, start around there. Start around yeah, that time. well, a backstory, like family, childhood, everything was cool. Uh, typical, normal, whatever that is. And, uh, it was, I don't know, like, uh, I was a good kid, grew up playing baseball, basketball, football, and my dad was like my little, not cheerleader, but he, <laughs> he pushed me in the right direction. Yeah. And that, uh, that was something that like, I, I know, I, I like thought of him as like, he really like had my best interest at heart. And, uh, it was, a great relationship. So, I mean, that. That being said, like a lot of things happen being from around where we're from, the I was afflicted with the opiate epidemic and that kind of uh, took me down a path that wasn't 
um, typical, really. I mean, now so, like a lot of people have been afflicted with it, so I understand that. But it was, um, it strained a lot of my relationships with my family and like people close to me. So, how old did you, how old did you first get introduced to opioids? Um, I was 13 years old. I broke my arm. I got compound fracture here mm -hmm. for those on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and it was, it wasn't really like a cause for concern at that point in time. Uh, I would tell my mom I needed more. She called the doctor. They give me more. And like I was – it was a weird time when you're going into high school and you um, – like that's a weird puberty stage and everything's yeah. happening. And like I just – I had the comfort and ease of Percocet to kind of make me feel like nothing else mattered. And I agree with that. Well, no, not even that. <laughs> like I – Everything was like kind of heightened and like at the same time, I didn't give a shit about anything, um, which comes into play a little bit later. Uh, like I, the point of all this is that like I had like a very normal childhood, had the addiction problem and up until the point I was trying to get help. My dad sent me to rehab 19, 21, 22, 23, and I got... Um, I was just, I was 23 and I was like down and out, like just a loser living in my parents' house. Um, couldn't really maintain any sort of like normalcy in life, like everything, every day. It was Groundhog's Day, but it was just like so demoralizing and like everything was so messed up. Um, Were you at the peak of your addiction there? Um, That's hard to say, but like at that point, yes. Um, I... It's just like a really – that's a whole nother subject that we could go on forever about. I could go on forever about. Yeah. Um, but like – so the the point of – like I said, the point of all that is that the relationship was strained with my dad. He had been suffering from, with some sort of heart disease and like he was a little bit overweight. He loved Tasty Cakes, shit like that. <laughs> and uh, okay. it uh, – and then at, at some point I felt – responsible because I was such a stress. Like I was a good son and like I went down this dark path and that adds a lot of stress on the people that care about you. He suffered a heart attack in July of 2012 mowing the lawn. Um, and he had passed away from that. And that was kind of, it was, it I, I like I was mentioning earlier, like I was so doped up that I didn't really, understand what that meant like i know that him being he i was like okay like it's another day like i was so self self-centered and wrapped up in my own shit that like my own father passing away as traumatic as that can be it it, it like almost didn't phase me in a way that like i really should have felt and it kind of helped it, it it fueled this continually downwarding spiral that that just ended horribly like I, I I was so selfish because I was taking away time from my, my my mom and sister and like my grandparents and people that like also cared and like the extended family uncles aunts cousins like I had to be the center of attention after this whole and it happened to all of us so I kind of um I felt like that was it and um, at 
Let's see. Like I said, when I was you say, really sorry to cut up. you off. When you say that was it, you mean like what? You just well, like I wasn't. I wasn't like willing to like go out and like take my own life. I was okay with the idea of dying, and like that's something that like a lot of I don't know uh, a lot of drug addicts can relate to that feeling because like I I didn't I was too I was too scared to to get out, but like I didn't want to do. It anything different and eventually um it caught up to me like fairly quickly but like i said exponentially after that incident or after the passing of my father it uh it kind of it wore on everybody so i was just adding to the worriers and what happened and my mom was just kind of um i don't know she i could tell there was something off and uh she wanted me to get help and like up until that point I've been in and out and kind of um, just like I felt like a burden but like she still cared and she wanted me to get help so I came out to California and that's when my whole journey started out here and then as soon as I dried out like realizing what had happened like I was like fuck like I lost my dad and like I wasn't a good son and like all this stuff. And I had to do a lot of work around that to like even get to the point where I could like openly talk about it. And it just kind of, um, I don't know. It, it, it uh, people have that s- same experience and they don't, re- they don't react the same way I do. I just made it all about me. And like, it took me a lot of work to realize like how negatively it affected everybody around me. And then just my own psyche, like losing a positive male role model and like not having that, um, proper guidance at that age. And like, like I was emotionally at most 13 years old, like at 23 years of age, like I couldn't handle anything. So, and you make, you didn't make all these realizations till you got sobered up or is there, um, no, yeah, there's not a shot for nothing to not like without being sober, like the type of actively using person I am like it, it no, all this is out the window if I'm not like I got to be completely sober that's what I'm trying yeah. to say it's like <laughs> yeah. I can't you know, and yeah, it took me yeah. a while to realize that because then the journey after that was like realizing all this stuff and being able to talk to my like family about this and like you know it, it affected everybody and like I thought it only affected me and like that's that's the thing that's crazy because like I've had this whole perception change where like I realized that like the world doesn't revolve around me and like that's all useful when you realize it but like it takes what it takes to get there and that's part of the positive that that was realized out of this yeah. like obviously. So I so, mean you, you mentioned a few times you know how you realize it seemed as if it was about you and you seem I don't know, self-centered. I think yeah you self-centered. So what – do you think that was something you were looking for at any, time, at any point or did you, just, did you just realize that you were just – it seemed as if it was about you because they were focusing on your health? Well, it, like, I think I realized craving, it. You know what I mean? Is that, is that, was, that, was that something growing up that you wanted was attention or something or is that just – I think there's – I, I haven't done deep dove that much into like my childhood yeah, traumas about it. Like yeah. there's I'm sure like some explanation <laughs> for it. But like, like I said, like being um, – dependent on a chemical to like that was my main motive for life and losing my dad in like a normal sense is like 
as traumatic as like stopping doing those drugs for me. You right. know what I mean? Like it, it, there's yeah. there's a parallel there, and like it it just worked out the way it did, and like realizing all this stuff, and like I don't know, like talking about it is just something that like it kind of it it irons out like the thought thoughts around it and like all these maybe like negative sides of things that I yeah. tell myself. Um, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I feel that. So how, how did, once you started sobering up and, um, you know, kind of grasping shit in regards to what happened <laughs> with your dad, what was going through your head there? Like, where were you mentally once you started realizing, oh, fuck, I just, my dad's dead and now you're now it's hitting you. Yeah. It, it took like a lot longer than like the initial sobering up. Like obviously the details of everything kind of became more clear and, it was, I, I could just feel feelings again. And that was like something that was very foreign to me. And it's still like, I don't know, like sometimes like a James Taylor song comes on and like, I'm like, my dad loved James Taylor. Yeah. Or like anytime anything with golf comes up, I'm like, fuck, my dad would have loved this. Or like, and that that's the stuff that like I continue to carry with me. And like, obviously it wasn't, he didn't leave on the best terms like as far as like that in that that present moment um i was very um i guess aggressive and just like not receptive to any sort of love or caring and it showed like i was verbally abusive and like just not i didn't care about anything so it was really hard for him to see that and like that's just not who I am. That's who I had become. And it was, it took me a while to separate the two. Like I mm. thought I was a piece of shit because of, of the way I acted, but I'm just capable of that if, if I remain unchecked. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, you were healing from something completely different. Like you're, you know, you're going through what you're going through and then your dad dies and it seemed like you mentioned the focus of your family was on getting your health together, right? Well, yeah, it's just getting help and like being able to. And at that point, it was almost like it was obviously first to even uh, like, when someone when, you're, when you, you lose a father, you lose anyone. It's like okay, it goes into mourning mode and grieving and being there for that. But it's such a you know, it's it's so counterintuitive there because that happens and then obviously your health is more immediate. But the fa your family's focus was on your health and the back burner was properly letting you heal from the morning of your dad. So I'm curious to see, you know, now that you're kind of cleared up, where's your head with it now? I mean, like, it, like he lived a beautiful life. It was very traumatic. And, but like, that doesn't mean that I have to like shun it. Like I yeah. can openly talk about it. Like I can, you know, share that experience and like hopefully somebody can relate and they're able to like know that it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a complete downward spiral or like, cause I feel like it has a lot to do with mental health in my case where like some people get sent off the deep end when something like this happens. And like I did literally, um, with, with, with drug abuse and like it, it, it just, it kind of made me, <clears throat> It kind of made me realize that like the two were connected at that point in time and like it was a lot to deal with and it took time to heal and all that. But like I just don't talk about it to often. Date, to date even? To date even like I – so example like I go to um, 
AA meetings and like the the whole idea behind it is like the communal aspect and like trying to help people and like if I hear somebody is dealing with like the passing of a parent, um, I like to like throw in my two cents and like <coughs> excuse me. Um Ah, zoom tight. Oh, that's Corona, bro. Oh, God. Uh, Dude, it's Where's the hand sanitizer? Uh, shit, just don't touch no, me. No, no, no. <laughs> Stay over it's there. Right, it's we right. got a solid I, four feet from each other right, right now. I'm good. Um, <laughs> so you're talking about the meeting you're at? Yeah, no, no, no. I just share that experience with somebody if they're going through something similar and, like, uh, let them know that, like, everything's going to be okay. Like, it feels like the end of the world, but, like, everything's going to be okay. How do you tell someone it's going to be okay? Like, do you get do you get kickback from that? They're like, no, it's not. And then what do you even say? It depends. If if somebody is very um, typically, I won't offer up any advice to people that are that not ready to to be like consoled. Like I, I just, you can kind of tell. You can read people's energy, and um, it it's just like all I have is my life experience. And like, that's the most I can really offer is just like what I've been through. And it's, I don't know, as far as like the passing of my dad, like it, it, it was something that like really, really I felt it, but it took so much time. And like, I know I, I thought it was all about me. And like the big picture is everybody was affected by it. And it, I, it was very selfish for me to act like that. Was that the turning point? Because what was the turning I mean, point to what? I mean, in regards to going to California and and try and heal it up. Um, like as you mentioned, something. It, it was it, it it landed like once I like said I dried out. Like it was very. It was like okay, like I can do this. Like I can be a normal person in life. Like I can be a productive member of society. Whereas to prior to that, I was not. That wasn't even a dream of mine. Like the the biggest goal I had was just not to be dope sick. And that's like a really miserable place to be. So once I did come out here to the sunshine and the palm trees and the pretty women, it like kind of uh, I, mean, I realized it's not that bad. You know what I mean? What being sober? life you know oh, what i mean yeah, like the whole shit, picture yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i thought fu- like forget sobriety like yeah obviously all that came into play but at first i was like well, well why did why was my reality that bad that i couldn't face all this You're just like, like a fog this whole time yeah it, i it's like hard to even pinpoint events like the whole my whole adolescent or teenage years was were just like constant blurs and it kind of trips me out sometimes when I'm like kicking it with like Juan or like somebody yeah. like, and they're talking about something that happened in high school. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You don't even remember. That's wild, man. I can't, I can't even, I don't even know what the, I don't know what the fuck that's like. Uh, yeah. I mean, I hope you don't, <laughs> Thanks. Man. I hope you don't find out. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Well, not saying that it's like, <laughs> no, 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 I'm I got just you. saying like it, it, it's bad. Yeah. You know, but it's just, it's just why I wonder like, where are you now in regards to where, you say you don't talk about it often, but you know there's some nostalgic shit that comes up, like songs. What do you think about? Like, do you are you always are you living in the past about it in regards to just? <clears throat> no, well, the the way I deal with it today is kind of just. I I actively think of like how I'm going to be a better person each day, and that that sometimes is like my homage to my dad because that's what he did he raised a good son he he did the best he could with what he had and the only the only way that i can really pay respect to him at this point is 
just living my most meaningful, purposeful life. And like, it, it's, it's a battle though, because it's hard to do sometimes. Um, especially like I said, I said I was selfish. So like that comes and goes and just being able to like communicate with my mom in like a healthy way and call my sister, wish her a happy birthday, check in on her and stuff like, like the little things that like used to seem like such big tasks or like yeah. it was like such a, a chore to do. Like I, I, I kind of take, I'd take like some sort of ease and comfort and all that stuff. So. Fuck yeah, you should. So well, yeah, I mean, you uh, know. I know. Um, so where are you, so what about your mom and your sister in regards to, obviously you all had completely different paths of handling the death of your dad. Have you guys, do you guys ever speak about that specifically or is that something that's kind of. Yeah, my mom's like super old school and like she'll still be times maybe like when she's had a couple like she's like opening up like saying a silly story or something mm -hmm. um but like basically i think it it happened like the day before father's day so like every year on father's day she's like la la like says her two cents and um it depending on where she's at it's either like I miss him or... But it has not, not too communicative in regards to like... How, no, how, not really. Like like I said, like she's this old school Italian woman yeah. that like does not talk about feelings. She shows emotion, but like yeah. she doesn't communicate the emotion. What about your sister? Um, she was younger. Is she younger. was... She's younger. She She's had a... I don't know. She's she just like... She went down the same path as my dad. He was like a... Uh, restaurant tour and she's like working in hospitality Very field cool. and like basically does the same thing i'm concerned about like i said my dad like tasty cakes a lot and like she's kind of like she works a lot and she's like married to her job basically mm -hmm. and she lets these other things that like maybe not instantly seem like a problem but like taking care of yourself in regards to like what you put in your body yeah. and like a sedentary lifestyle like that's not good for anybody long term and like the effects of having heart disease in the family like i don't know like yeah i i i'm a gym fucking fanatic and yeah you became a meathead over the years well, it's not <laughs> see that's just a secondary effect because it mentally like i ran three miles today like i can i started cardio like maybe six months ago and i got i'm at three miles now which like I battle with smoking too, so let me preface it with that because I do care about these things, but like I pick my battles. So I I run three miles to hopefully outrun the pack of cigarettes that I smoke. There you go. I don't think that's how it works, but like I said, the <laughs> mental clarity that I feel from all this is what I'm really chasing. And growing 19 inch arms is uh, yeah. How many inches you now? I don't know. I haven't measured myself in a while. You have golds? No, I'm, I've upgraded. Oh, no way. I'm, is, is I'm it an Equinox. Yeah, oh, yeah, damn. Yeah. Okay. I'm an Equinox, baby. I had a good couple months in New York, and that set me up. For... Yeah, what's New York? How's New York life? How was it? It was good. Yeah. It was did just... you miss LA? I did the whole time. Uh, part of me missed it. Uh, like I said, like it's it's kind of got like this weird feeling of like, everything's going to be okay. No matter how crazy or tumultuous my life might seem, 
You just like, feel it. It's like a, there's a sense of serenity in Southern California that like I experienced when I came out here after the death of my father, it was kind of like, um, I don't know, like I, I, I yearned for it. Like, and I would come back and forth, but every time I came back, I was like, okay, like it's a new start. Like, what am I going to do to continue this journey? And was that the driving force? You think it was the fact that it felt like, you know, you kind of got a fresh slate right now or then? I don't know about right now, but like it definitely felt like a new start. And that was, I was able, it, that's not what, because I still had battles and like, it wasn't, I feel like everything got so good. And then I forgot the reason that I got my shit together and that kind of, um, led to like me relapsing and like all that stuff that happened to hear about like with drug addicts and at the end of the day it's like what am I doing today for myself I can't mm -hmm. trip out on all that other stuff that kind of gets you um into trouble so I don't know like I, I I feel at home here like I've created a like I said like a support system that kind of calls me out of my bullshit and it, it's just it's really uh I don't know like it's it's it is a new start yeah. in some sense. Yeah, it's, I'm happy for you, man. And how are you, and overall, like, do you think about your dad more now, or are you kind of at peace? Like, where where are you at today with it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dun dun dun. Uh, like I said, like there's like nostalgia and like when there's like silly shit he did when I growing up. Like if I. I got a rental car right now. It's probably like the same kind of car my dad would have driven, which is like kind of cool. And like I got a rental car and he would always – he owned his car, but he would always fill it up when it was half empty. Okay. And like I'll do shit like that. Like not, I'm not like – I'm not thinking of him like in the – prefrontal cortex like but like he's with me still you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i it's day to day it's i can name it but like i have these little things like i'm i'm his son like i have all these i don't know like this laid backness about me that like he had and like that's that's what i bring with me so in the so it's kind of <laughs> like you just notice you're doing things that your dad used to do and it kind of feels like as if he's with you yeah it, it to a degree yeah i i've he instilled them you know like he instilled these habits and i don't know i guess i get to pick and choose which ones i get to bring with me yeah like he would he never smoked a day in his life and really yeah is your, mo your mom smoke she used to but like i don't know so i'm i'm my parents child so like yeah. i think i took some <laughs> is from that what you are? That yeah i sense. think so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but i don't know um no man, you, you've had a crazy you've had a crazy ass ride and just to see that you know you've taken those steps to get you and you you said it was a journey it wasn't just like an overnight thing oh, i'm good now so it, it's good to hear how how you did it for anyone else that's like are we talking before we got in the car like you weren't sure how to tell your story and I was like, there's probably so many people that have are on the similar length of you like that. Well, no, yeah, I, I get that. And it's it's like I said, it's all at the end of the day, like, how can I be of service to like somebody that needs help is like what gets me out of myself, makes me a little less selfish, and like all this other shit that I complicate my life with, whether it's like money, women, romance, finance, like mm. all this other stuff that like just complicates like the whole reason 
that I'm here mm-hmm. is like not to take, like I want to be able to give something and to be able to offer this. This is a very touchy touch uh, like subject for people. And like I said, like my, my own family doesn't really talk about it. And like, so it's hard for me to kind of like think about what, how they feel about it. Like, obviously it's sad. Like we know it's sad. Like it's sad to lose somebody, but like what else is going on behind that? And like, yeah. I'm not really sure what else I can say about that. Like other than like, I've been there and I, I know everybody grieves at their own pace and like it, you get through it like one day. So is that kind of how, when you are helping other people that are in a similar boat, um, <laughs> Is it really just you just kind of sharing your story to how you kind of rose above it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's completely selfish in itself to want to feel good because you can s- share your story and just try to help somebody because uh, it makes me feel good. You know, you know, yeah. like I want to uh, I want to feel good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I well, get- no, I mean, it's way better than the alternative, which is like to completely destroy your life for like uh, a 20 minute high. Yeah. No, man, I'm, I want to thank you for being on here. Um, I guess this, this is a, I haven't spoke to anyone, you know, so far. We've been shooting these episodes. Not that I can ever really relate with everyone. I mean, we have the, the backbone of both losing our dad, but you were, ba- you were battling like, you were battling something even, I don't want to say something more important, but more immediate in a sense that your health. So just the fact that, you know, you're going through it while that happens, it just didn't leave you any time to even mourn it, almost seems like. No, yeah. Did so you I, feel I, like you did? Yeah, no, I definitely went through it. And like there was periods where it was heavier than others. And then like I didn't get to collectively mourn with my family. So yeah, that was like different. You not really talk about it. In a, in a roundabout way. Like it's like storytelling. Every, the anniversary. Exactly. Like mm. storytelling, stuff like that. And I don't know. Like the, there's there's a whole family dynamic where like. As I get older, I realize that there's more that goes into like a mom and dad than just like, oh, these are my parents. Yeah. Like they love each other and like all that <laughs> stuff, you know, like there's mm. a lot more that goes into it. And <clears throat> everybody's got their own way to deal with it. Like I don't want to speak on anybody else in my family, but like right. that's like how people just deal with things differently. And I, my mine was one of the most extreme of the spectrum. So I just know that that's, it doesn't help anything, you know, mm-hmm. for the people around me that I care about. But So now thinking about your, your, your dad, you, you seem to use it more as a reason not to use. Does like, it ever get hard on the other side? Uh, yeah. And I mean, it. it is, that's not a direct reason, but like, like I said, it's kind of like, Part of part of this whole deal that I'm doing is like one of the steps is making amends to people and like how do you make amends to people that have passed? Yeah, how do you, you kind of just you you live each day in a righteous way and like it kind of um, I don't know it kind of just feels okay like the like the order's restored like and. Depending on the day, you know, that might be the name. Of, that's kind of a good name for the podcast. Live each day in a righteous way. <laughs> I uh, did. I just is that a thing? Is that like you were talking? I don't know. I, no, no, no. That was that was all you. Nothing I say is original. <laughs> whatever happened? You used to have a meme page. Whatever happened to the <clears> meme page? Um. Well, actually, since we're 
on the subject of death, uh, I have this thing called Bird Graveyard, and if there's anybody that doesn't like rideshare scooters, um, go check it out, and you'll probably like what you see. But uh, Bird Grave, I forget you told me that. Yeah. I didn't know you were still doing that. It had a pretty good following. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm like, not really uh, active as much as I would be. Like the the whole internet kind of lost its pizzazz, like it once had. Like you said, like I was let's say addicted to the internet for a little bit and just traded it off much. I don't know if it, yeah, I wouldn't have died instantly like checking Instagram, but, um, it, it is an addiction and I, I don't know. It's like you grow up and like, I still enjoy like really edgy, like dark humor Oh yeah, that's why I kind of got. That's why I got you on here. <laughs> I mean, we don't have any dark humor, but you know, you, no. You, you well, get I could it. definitely like. I'm. It's. I've never been offended in my life. Like, and that's why you're perfect for this. <laughs> nah, but man, uh, that's. I'm just. I'm super proud of you. I mean, this is like a, a non-recorded thing. You know, I'm happy that you're back out here, and uh, I'm happy that I got to hear and everyone else listening, whoever the hell's listening how this man got through it. So I feel like you'd be a, a good person to play off than anyone else's. You know, I guess seeing a point where you think that's it and there's nothing more and then clearly you got your head above water. So that's fucking amazing, dude. Appreciate you, dude. Yeah, well, thanks for being here. And uh, we're going to hang this one up. Once again, Earl White, my man. Good to have you back. And thanks for listening, guys. Another episode of Dead Talks. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>